Hello, and welcome to the U Sports Safety Update, produced by the Jacksonville Sports Medicine Program, or JSMP, in Jacksonville, Florida. JSMP is a nonprofit advocacy and prevention program dedicated to youth sports safety through awareness, advocacy, and prevention. Joining us today is Lacey Bracken, a mom, a young professional athletic trainer who recently earned her doctorate in athletic training from Florida International University. Welcome, Lacey. Thank you, Mr. Mackey. I appreciate your time and having this opportunity. Sure. Well, tell us you're you're in a unique setting these days. So tell us a little bit about how first how your career has evolved from being a student at Georgia Southern to Jacksonville University uh, through your master's program, Project 17, Stanton High School, FIU and now Jacksonville University. Yeah. So I started as a student at Georgia Southern University um, in an athletic training program, went through their program there and mainly had experiences in like your typical traditional settings. Um, I was able to get, once I left um, Georgia Southern, finished my undergrad degree, I came down to Jacksonville, um, not knowing quite what I was getting into with Project 17, but it was a blessing. So I worked at Stanton College Prep um, for two years. And during that, as a graduate assistant, I had the opportunity to work with Jacksonville University Fine Arts Department. So they brought me on. It was back in 2017 um, whenever I got that opportunity to come in and provide athletic training services to the dance department. And that was on a contract basis. So um, from there, the we grew that program at Stanton to become more of a comprehensive athletic training program at the high school level through Project 17. And then um, I took what I learned from that and did the same thing at JU and worked on growing a program there. So through my years in Jacksonville, um, I've been in Jacksonville almost six years now. My first two years, as I mentioned, I was a GA. And then I had two years where I continued to work full time at Stanton. Um, and during those two years, I wasn't at JU in the fine arts department. But that's when I went through my DAT program um, with FIU. So when I was full time at the high school, I was a full time student, full time mom, wife, all of the above. And then I, once I was almost finished with my DAT, I decided to take a step back from Stanton and I took a role with a different physical therapy company doing part-time high school coverage and clinic coverage just to get a little bit better life work balance for myself. But in that process, I was able to come back to Jacksonville University and work with their finance department and continue to build their program. So that's kind of now I'm now that I've finished my DAT, I am actually teaching more at Jacksonville University as an adjunct, um, providing athletic training services to the fine arts department, and then still doing some high school coverage here and there on the side. All right, great. Well, you've opened up the, the jar for a lot of topics there. So Perfect. Um, one thing you mentioned was life balance and work, which is a huge topic among mm-hmm. uh, athletic trainers in this day. And I think you did some of your research on that too, mm-hmm. but has people considering their options these days in the profession. So how are you able to find and promote a proper life balance as well as while you're being that young wife, mother, a career? Yeah. So the biggest thing with looking at options or like kind of what you can do, one, you have to look in your area and see what's available. The biggest thing for me on a day to day is figuring out the schedule, the type of schedule that I need, um, what's going to flow with my family and my life and whatever it is that I'm trying to achieve goals wise for professional and personal goals. A lot of this, like personally, has been just communication, like with my family. So with my husband, just making sure we're communicating on what I have going on and what he has going on. Um, but career option wise, it can be tricky because depending on where you're at, you might feel like you don't have a lot of options. Um, but there's a ton of stuff nowadays that can be done with remote or even providing part-time coverage. There's a lot that you can do with kind of building your own brand and 
doing your own um, consulting services. And that's one thing that I learned with my DAT at FIU, um, which was a fantastic experience. But the biggest thing that I learned, especially during my DAT, was learning to say no. So to keep that life work balance, even if you can't change your setting or potentially change like where you're at, you've got to learn how to set those boundaries for yourself. Um, I had to learn that the hard way because I'm not good at saying no. I'm always the yes person. But I've had to learn if it's not in line with my professional goals, personal goals, or even just my time capacities that I have. If it's something that's going to stress me out more than be beneficial, then I just have to say no. And that they have to figure out how to appropriately handle whatever that situation is. And that, that goes back to that communication piece, even with your administration and your coaches. You, you've got to communicate and you've got to stand up for yourself in those situations. And you established a, you said a consulting firm with that, right? Mm -hmm. Is that like an LLC that you uh, have established? Yes. So I have an LLC. It's um, it's just called Bracken Consulting Services. So through that, I'm able to provide athletic training services to like Duval County Public Schools or through Jacksonville University Fine Arts Department. Those are both through um, an LLC where I can provide part-time coverage as needed. So it allows me to contract myself to provide those services and then also in the future, um, hoping to get more educational opportunities to consult through that LLC. Um, but that's something that we're growing slow. So sounds great. Sounds like you've got a lot of opportunity for um, life coaching, uh, and life balance and, mm-hmm. and all those other things that you can put together. Uh, the hard thing about giving advice all the time, sometimes you want to give advice and sometimes you want to, well, hey, I need to get paid for this, too. You know, yes. but mm-hmm. uh, that, that's good. So that and that's where you say no. And that's where you offer somewhat of a, of a carrot. And then mm-hmm. ho- hopefully people say that's attractive. I want to uh, I want to talk to that person and see yes. what I can learn from them, too. So that's a that's a great situation there. So um, tell us a little bit about what you're doing at Jacksonville University. It sounds unique in your um, in your call and outreach program there, the services mm-hmm. you're providing. Yeah. So at Jacksonville University, I am um, considered like the head athletic trainer for them for the fine arts department. So I take take care of the dance majors and the dance minors. So really, actually, anybody that takes a technique class, if they have an injury or a health concern or something that falls within, you know, my scope as an athletic trainer, I can care for them in our facility. So we do have an athletic training facility at um, JU in our fine arts department that is separate, completely separate from athletics. So the department funded all of the, you know, it's, it, it started as a small like 10 by 20 dressing room and now it's a full functioning classroom facility that we use. Um, it is a dual purpose facility. So I do use it to teach when I teach um, dance kinese lab, we use it, but we have, any and all the equipment that we need. So we have, you know, a hydrock and ultrasound and e-stem, all the weights, bands, um, different machines. We have BOSU, tons of balance stuff, and then like two treatment tables. So whenever we are working with the dancers, they come in and are able to be seen if they have an injury. And then I work them back through an appropriate like return to play protocol, so to speak, or return to dance, depending on what their injury is and to get them back performing. Um, And it allows the faculty to work with me Because one thing, if a dancer gets injured and then they can't perform in class, that can affect their grade. So we've had to set up programs or set up a a process of, okay, this is what they can do in class as an alternative. Because this isn't just like activities where they're out of activity. They're actually getting graded for this. And this is their college college career and then potentially their future career. So this is just something at JU. They've been able to bring in someone that can help 
guide the students whenever they have those injuries, but also guide the faculty on how they can appropriately train them even in class because they're doing a lot of dancing every single day. That is their typical training load. Um, but we're able to modify and make sure that their injuries aren't getting worse if it's something minor going on um, just through that communication and collaboration. So, Okay. Well, tell me what, what kind of injuries are you seeing? Are these overused? Yeah. Are they acute? Uh, it's a bunion. Yeah. What do I do? Yeah. So <laughs> we, we see, so generally in dance, you're going to have a lot of lower extremity injuries in general, just because of the nature of the beast of dance. So um, and not coming from a dance background, I will say that I was not a dancer. So I've had to learn a lot over the past, you know, six years total, but my four years that I've been at JU now with this department. Um, but the typical injuries that we see, we do see a lot of overuse um, in the aspect of they will force their turnout, which will lead to low back pain and hip pain or weak like adductors and hip flexors. Um, a lot of compensation patterns that are typical for dance. And then we do have some acute, like typically the acute injuries that we'll see are like ankle sprains or sesamoid, um, like something going on with their big toe, big toe, like sesamoiditis or like almost like turf toe kind of with them, just because of depending on if they're on flat or if they're in point, there's a lot of foot mechanics and injuries that can happen just because of the nature of the beast again. Um, but another acute one that I see a lot in the department is low back. Like we have a ton of like low back strains or even like hip flexor strains a lot of times, which is something we're trying to get on top of. Um, and we've, we're slowly getting there. It's just taking time because we're having to teach these dancers if they've never cross trained before or never trained like deep core, like TA activation, then they're kind of not that they're set up for failure, but they are set up at a potential risk of higher injury just because they've never been trained this way. Um, because dance has always been so focused on, oh, you just need to dance. You just need to dance all the time. But there's really a huge cross training component of actual strength training and resistance training that can alleviate a lot of injuries in dance. And there's some new research coming out with that, too. Um, that's typically what we see at JU. So. Okay. How's, how's the receptivity between um, your relationship with coaches or your relationship with athletes? Uh, are they like uh, other athletes or do they uh, are they pretty receptive and, and um, are they just college students? <laughs> you know, I think because a lot of them, well, the, most of them have very good awareness with their body. That's typical of dancers too. So once I have been able to, now that I've been back for two years now, um, this is or I was back last year and this is like my second year. So going into my fourth year with JU, um, I had to spend part of last year, like building those relationships back up. Cause they were like, who is this person? But it helped because last year, my seniors I had had as freshmen. So they were able to say like, no, go see Miss Lacey. She'll help you. Like, she's not going to hold you out. So I did have, luckily that was on my side, but it does take time with dancers. Cause they don't want to go to a doctor. They don't want to see a provider cause they're terrified. They're going to be told, well, you can't dance. And they don't want to, they don't want to hear that. So they're in that aspect, like every other athlete, where they don't want to be told they can't do something um, because that's their love and their passion is, is dancing. So once I build those relations, once now that I've built those relationships with them and that trust, it's showing them how to appropriately like get back. So we, in collaboration with the faculty, we do what's called a, a wellness referral. So each day that they come in, if they have an injury, it's kind of like a return to play protocol for them, but it's like written so they can see what they can do in class. And then, the professors can see what they can do in class. So there's that automatic communication um, with everyone. And then from there, we slowly progress them. So it's 
it's kind of the same as any other collegiate like athletic trainer communicating every day with the coaches, communicating with the athletes, telling them their plan and what, you know, how that's going to go about. Um, and similarly, even the secondary school setting, all of this, it's really the same process. It's just modified because you're dealing with faculty who might not have as much experience with working with a healthcare provider because it's not a resource that they've always had. And then it's just educating the dancers on like, no, 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 if you come see me, I'm not necessarily going to hold you out. Like we can find modifications for you. Um, I'm not just going to be a doctor that's going to say you're out for four to six weeks because you have an ankle sprain. Because I think there's just been some of them have had really bad experiences with other providers who don't have dance, also dance knowledge. So they'll go through physical therapy, traditional physical therapy. But then that gap of bridging back to dance, they miss and then they get re-injured. So it's just educational. A lot of it's just educating them on the appropriate steps and how to get to where we're all wanting to get them to. How are you as an athletic trainer finding things, um, addressing mental health, addressing uh, nutritional disorders, mm-hmm. eating disorders with with these uh, professional performers or soon to be professional performers? Yes. Yeah. So with mental health aspects, we utilize a lot of the resources at JU, um, to be honest. So like we have if we have a student with a concussion, we go through student disability services to make sure that they are getting the appropriate accommodations. Um, If we have a student that like needs some type of mental health um, support, then we'll send them to the counseling center through JU. So I do use a lot of the the JU resources just because I'm also not there every day. So I'm there eight to 10 hours a week. Um, So a lot of it is just me using my resources at JU and collaborating with those other healthcare providers to make sure the dancers are being taken care of. Um, On a nutrition side of things, um, we do have some faculty that have like a lot of nutrition knowledge. So I'll utilize them if they're willing to come in and help give educational materials to the dancers. Um, But if I have someone that has like a major like eating disorder or something going on, which we haven't had at JU, but that doesn't mean um, that we won't, but I have appropriate relationships with other providers in the community that I could send those dancers to, to make sure that we're taking care of potentially that disorder eating pattern that they have or whatever it is is going on. But so it comes down to relationships in your community and having those connections because we can't do everything as athletic trainers. We have to refer out sometimes. Okay. Uh, This sounds like a very comprehensive program, but it's somewhat of a niche program, if I may Mm -hmm. say that. And yet professional dancers of all types, um, you've got inroads to cheerleaders, people that jump and twist and Mm -hmm. turn and all that. And you've got dance teams that are out there and everything. So you've got a a very broad spectrum of people uh, that you can can reach out to. So what um, what advice would you offer to someone that's, hey, this is something sounds very interesting. What would you offer them as terms of, well, you don't just need to show up this is how I would prepare uh, to make that decision to move into that, uh, the area that you're in right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So really it all, first off, meet with like, if you have a chair of the department, whoever it is that you'll technically report to figure out their expectations. What do they want from you coming out there? Is it just to observe like biomechanically, if there's something going on, is it to build a program to provide athletic training services? And if so, you know, there's, um, you know, just building a program in general has models that you can follow. But a lot of it comes down to what does the department need? Because you can get into a rabbit hole of doing way too much or getting overwhelmed with trying to create something that is going against the grain. 
Um, Cause I know when I was first at JU, it was more of, Hey, you're going to come in and just kind of evaluate, treat our dancers and let us know like what we, how we need to progress them in class. Like it was very basic, but now it's grown more to this comprehensive program as they've seen the value of me being there. They're like, Oh, well she can also educate our dancers and she can come watch our technique classes and see if there's something that like we're not seeing because we look at dance differently. And from a biomechanical like exercise science standpoint, if she sees something going on that we're not seeing, that could be the one thing that's causing injuries. And we have had that happen time and time again. So it comes down to when you're, if you're interested in looking at, you know, potentially trying to get yourself into this space, you've got to like one come with the knowledge and the comfort level of just understanding basic dance knowledge or cheerleading or whatever it is, have your resources for your rehab because the rehabs are a little bit different for dancers than it is for your typical athlete, just because their demands are different, especially biomechanically, like their movement patterns are very different. So find someone that's built it, find someone that's done it before and see what they did. But the biggest thing is learning from the beginning. What does the program, like what does the chair of the program want, want in that collaboration with you coming in and then build it from there. Um, Cause every program too is different. There's a lot of, different models. Um, some universities are using like a lecturer style full-time where somebody teaches halftime and then they take care of the dance department halftime. There's some outreach opportunities where some athletic trainers are outreach athletic trainers to that college and that department. Um, and then I'm contracted, sole contracted through my LLC. So there's plenty of different models to follow. Um, so there's, you kind of have to just see what, how the program is going where you're at. Well, this has been very helpful. Uh, very good. Inf- a lot of good information. It's good to see you uh, branching out, uh, using your talents, using your uh, education in a in a very positive, constructive way to uh, to help these dancers and to help many of the others um, as you continue to work with the high schools and, and others. So whether it be a traditional or very modern uh, setting for this. Mm-hmm. So thank you very much. Any Any last minute things you'd like to offer? Um, um, no, I mean, if anybody's interested or has any questions, definitely just shoot me an email. Um, you know, my, I have my emails, Bracken consulting services at gmail.com. So if you have any questions, just let me know. I'm happy to be okay. a resource. We'll put that in our show notes and we'll, uh, added some, we'll talk about some additional information you might want to put in, in our show notes that people can reference too. But thank you very much, Lacey. We appreciate, uh, your insight and help today. And we hope that you've enjoyed today's episode of the Youth Sports Safety Update. JSMP is dedicated to youth sports safety through awareness, advocacy, and prevention. Make sure your school or sports team is safely prepared by having a certified licensed athletic trainer present. Please check out our website at jaxsmp.com. And the Youth Sports Safety Update is produced by JSMP. And your host and producer today is Jim Mackey. So please join us again soon. Thank you very much. 